Hey, honeys, I have something exclusive to tell you. You can hear episodes of my show and 30 others, Harmontown, Drinky Fun Time, Dumpable Town, before anyone else on TuneIn First Play. Lucky you. You can listen right now on the TuneIn app. Play Nashville a week early. You're like living in a time machine, baby. So why don't you check it out? All you have to do is download the TuneIn app and listen for free. This is like being a podcast VIP. Don't forget, they also have live sports, news, music, audiobooks. It's enabled in Apple CarPlay, so I think you should check it out. All you have to do is go to tunein.com slash natchbute. Tune in, baby. somebody to sugarcoat it. Maybe you should ask somebody else to go on a cruise with you, okay? I'm not gonna sugarcoat it, okay? You want somebody to blow smoke up your ass? Go back to college. Serious about this, motherfuckers. Jackson. Great vines. Hmm. Who's growing it? Who's got it? Who's got what I need? Huh? Who got it? Did you get it? Did you get what you got? What you need for me when I ask you about it? Hey, buddies. Hey, cat. Hey, 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 me. Wait, are we here? Oh, wait, is this it? Hold on a second. This isn't quite working how I want it. There, there we go. Is this it? No, hold on. Wait a sec. Just let me just trim it down. Let me just trim it down here. Hold on. There we go. Is this it? Yeah, we almost there. Hold on. Wait. We're so close. I don't want to just get started until we're just exactly how, exactly how I want it to be. Is this, is this what we're looking for? Hold on. Okay, because okay, no, look, I ordered, I got, it said two day shipping, so we should be here any second now. They said, 
It sends a two-day shipping on the website. They send you an envelope, return envelope with your purchase, a return envelope. Welcome to Twisting the Wind. Hey, everybody. I'm Johnny Pemberton. This is Twisting the Wind. You've just stepped into it. You're inside it right now. Maybe you didn't realize it, but that's what's been happening the past approximately three minutes. Maybe it started then. I don't know what it is, but this is it. Okay, so thanks so much for being here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being great people, because I know you are. If you're here right now, you're just such a great, great person, because you found this. You found it in a great way. Great. Can I say great more? I could say great more. I'm not going to say great more because great is... What a stupid word that I use. Too much great. Oh, this is great. What a great job you did here. Well, you know, it is what it is. At the end of the day, all things being equal, when you... um. <sighs> Thank you so much for posting for posting comments and giving big old five-star reviews to twisting the wind on itunes that makes me better it makes you better it makes the internet better it just it's like this it just funnels it it's just like a it's like a you know it's like that non-newtonian fluid on top of a speaker it's just doing that it's creating these little branches these little little worm branches that just bubble up and spray forth the sweet goodness of vibrations of sound. That's that's where God is. Hey, I just talked to God. Guess what I did? I just listened to a music song and then sang it. Oh, well, that's talking to God? Yeah, it is. I think so. I just decided it was because I can do that. Oh, okay. I get it. No problem. So thanks for doing that. Thanks for um, spreading and slapping all that great-ass hot shit everywhere. Also, if you want to connect to me on the show, it's twistingthewind at gmail. Send me anything. Uh, I would love musical suggestions, too. I've got this in the works right now. It's in the pipe. It's in the planning stages on a Google document to do a maybe one, maybe two episodes of musical suggestions straight from listeners because you guys have sent me some amazing things. Y'all have really done a real good duty by sending me some stuff. I was like, what is this? I like it. I like it a lot. Like, y'all sent me some stuff. I'm, like, straight up blown down, blown away. Had, had got to get outside and take my shoes off and walk around the grass for a minute. Because I'm like, this is too hot inside. Because I heard something was, like, really dark and spooky from, like, an era of, like, the late 60s, early 70s that I really like and never heard of before. Because I've been, been shielded from it by certain items of the world that we don't have any control over. You know, you got these people, aristocracers, oligarchers, and they're trying to shield you. But I've got this direct pipeline, twistingthewind at jmail.com. They're flying in these suggestions. I listened to them, and I was like, wow, this is all really good. And we had a great time. So that was good. So thank you. Connect, rate, review. And guess what I'm going to tell you right now? This is true. Come summer, not that far away. This is real. Ready? Okay, hold on a second. Okay.
I was trying to make it really dynamic just now, like a real like big like okay, drum roll, drum roll, pump up music. Twisting the wind t-shirts. I'm talking about twisting the wind t-shirts. And really good ones too. I'm talking about really nice cotton tee designed by super secret powwow so this is this is no fucking eighth grade shit my friends this is going to be some high definition apparel here it's going to be it's going to be a whole shit it's going to be good it's going to be so good that i'm scared okay i'm actually not scared at all no reason to be scared well, unless you like being scared. Actually, being scared is actually pretty fun, you know. It feels good to be scared, but it's scared in a way where it's like, I could die, but I'm not going to die. You're like, no, bungee jumping scared. It's going to be a t-shirt that's as scary as bungee jumping, but has nothing to do with bungee jumping in the slightest bit. Go bungee jumping, though. If you get a chance. Uh, oh, pardon me. Uh, how you doing there? Uh, you, oh, advice? Um, well, uh, I'd say go bungee jumping if you get a chance. Cool. I'm going to get on my plane and fly back to Indianapolis, where I'm from. Okay. Uh, quick little more thing, and then we'll move forward and forth and so on and have a great hot liquors. All right, this is it. This is the big whoop, the big to-do, the big ha-ha, the big dang-a-ring-a-lang-a-dang-dang-dong-do-do. Hoo-hoo. Who do you think you're going to do to-do? And here's what's doing to-do. I'm going on comedy tour, on comedy tour with Funny or Die and Old Milwaukee. Not with them. It's sponsored by them. But for some reason, they want us to say with, which doesn't make any sense. But I guess it's because, like... You know, they're corporate entities, but they want to be like, yo, we're just hanging. We're corporate entities, but we just want to hang with you. So I'm going on tour with Old Milwaukee, Funny or Die, and amazing comedian Matt Bronger, also known as Matthew Bronger. And here's where we're going, okay? This is it. Ladies and gentlemen, you can see Matt Bronger and Johnny Pemberton at the following dates on the following places. Here we go. April 22nd, Columbus, Ohio, The Funny Bone. April 23rd, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, at The Improv. April 24th, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, at Comedy Zone. April 25th, in Bowling Green, Ohio, at Howard's Club H. What the fuck is that? I don't know. April 26th, in Buffalo, New York, at The Waiting Room. April 28th, Athens, Ohio, at The Union. The Union. April 29th, in New Hartford, New York, also known as Utica, at Daniels. I don't know what that is, but it's called Daniels. Also, May 1st, in Madison, Wisconsin, at Comedy Club on State, or State on Club, or Club on State, Madison, Wisconsin. May 2nd, Des Moines, Iowa, at The Funny Bone. May 4th, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, at The State Theater. Yes, that's Eau Claire, Wisconsin, State Theater, May 4th. And finally, and finally, and finally, the big closer. May 9th, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, at Turner Hall, also known as Pabst Hall, also known as a place I've never been before. So come out and see Johnny Pemberton, Matt Bronger, and Funny or Die, and Old Milwaukee in the format of the sponsors on tour. <laughs>
Okay. Okay, was that what you're looking for? Just kind of like, just, I can do it again if that wasn't working because we can always just, um, yeah, because some of those things, I, I think I pronounced Des Moines right and you wanted me to say, yeah, it's Eau Claire, right? Like, like the food, like the thing with the, okay, cool. Right, man. Um, yeah, I mean, that was just, a, that was just, I can always do it again. I'll probably do it again just for the hell of it, but, um, hope that works for you, Johnny. Okay, cool, man. Yeah, Harrisburg, huh? What's that like? Isn't that like a, Historical town or something? Harrisburg, Bowling Green, Buffalo. Buffalo, huh? Ooh. <laughs> Hope you like wings, bro. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But that is seriously though, that's where actually where uh Buffalo wings are from. Didn't know if you know that, but yeah. Uh Athens, Ohio. Isn't Guided by No, Guided by Voices is from Dayton or something. There's some indie bands from Athens, Ohio, right? Not that you could like hang I don't know if they're still there, but yeah. Yeah, what's the deal with Utica? What's the deal with Daniels in Utica? Is that a is that like a guy's house or I don't I don't know I don't know no Daniels. Yeah, I searched on the internet before I did this for you and I couldn't find anything about it, so I don't really know it, bro. Uh, yeah, Madison, that's gonna be a fun show. That's a great place. Though uh, the Funny Bone, hmm, crazy, cool. All right, well I'm gonna um I gotta go pick up Jenica. She like her car is fall, fucked up. I don't know what's going on, but um, I guess I'll see you later. Uh, if you want to get pizza later, hit me up. I'm totally down to get a slice or maybe split a pie, throw a third of it in the freezer. Have you ever had frozen pizza in the morning for breakfast? It's fucking ripping. I know it sounds gross, but it's really good. It's really good. It's really good. It's actually really good. It's actually really, really good. If you ever have it, a chance to have frozen pizza for breakfast, then you're just missing out. Service desk. Hi, how, how you doing? Hello? Yes. Hi, my name is Casper. I'm calling about a, a person I met when I was there just a, about a week ago. Okay. It was in the department, I guess, where like the shoes meet up with like the food area, you know, that area. Mm -hmm. And um, he was a gentleman working there. He was very nice, very, very inquisitive, but also helped me out quite a bit. Um, he's about 5'9", maybe 5'10". He has a short hair, uh, kind of, well, it's not super short. Um, do you know him by the name? I think he goes by the name of uh, Pat Healy. Do you know him? Pat Healy? I think that's what he, I think that's what he said. Um, I uh, no, I'm not. I'm not aware of him. Um, I can let you. Um, you want to speak to a member of management? I'll speak to anybody. Yeah, I just want to give this give this young man a glowing commendation because he was just he just jumped backflip. He didn't actually do a backflip, but he was what he did. I, pretty close I, to it. <laughs> oh yeah, pretty close to it. I mean, I don't know about you. I can't, I can't do a backflip. I could never do one. No, no, I can't either. Well, that that would be great. Yeah, let me. Um, yes, please. Let me let you speak to a member of management. Let me just ask you: yep. Have you ever tried doing a backflip? I'm sorry. Have you ever tried doing a backflip? Yeah, but when I was way, way younger. Okay, yeah. I did. <laughs> I ain't doing it no more. <laughs> I did, did, you, did you land it or no? Uh, I actually landed the last time. and Well, the next to the last time. And the last time was a complete blowout. What happened? you land on your head? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, so you kind of like gave up after that? Yeah, I gave it up. Well, I mean, what? what I, <laughs> that's hilarious. What? I, what I would? What I would try? To, my cousin told me to try to do is what you do is you do a backflip on the grass, like a day after uh -huh. it's rained. It's real soft. It's even softer, better than those mats they have in the gym at the high schools. You know, right? Because right. I, I guess something about that dirt. 
Because like the worms will get in there and they'll make all these little holes. They make like a little network of holes, so it's kind of like having a sponge. Uh huh. And then what it will do if you let let the water drain out there a good day after a rain, it's like a, the best sponge you can have, especially if you got like a mixed clover grass situation there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I actually tried doing a backflip off the roof one of those times, and that was um. It didn't work out that great. <laughs> I bet not. I was gonna say, I bet that didn't come out in, in very good, did it? No, it did not. But, wow! But that, but this, well, gen- yes. this gentleman, mm. Pat, this gentleman Pat Healy, he's incredible. He, he's an actor actually. I, I believe he is an actor as well as all these other great things, a writer, and he does a service. He works there as a servicer. Uh-huh. So I was so impressed by meeting him. I wanted to just give a commendation to the to the folks there about him. Okay, well, but yes, most definitely let me get you uh, to the member of management. Okay, great. Thank you. You're welcome. Hold on one moment. Good luck with those flips. This is assistant manager, Karen. How can I help you? Hi, how are you doing there, Karen? Good. I am do- I'm doing great. I just got off of a, a nice train ride. I was riding long, long train running there, you know what I mean? Like that Doobie Brothers song. Right. So, and I had a great. I was just coming back from where where y'all are. I was coming back from there, um, from whence from whence I came, as they say up up north. But I don't give that much lip service. And I had a great experience there. I just wanted to relay this on to y'all and just give you. I could get a good old pat on the back about everything. Wow, nice. You're welcome. You are most welcome. I, I I like to say more nice. I like to double that nice, put a times two behind it, and say double, double nice, nice, because it was okay, just out, well, outstanding. Um, This man, Pat Healy, who I'm actually about to talk to again here soon, he helped me uh-huh. out so specifically in the freezer section and the shoes, Um, also in the juniors. I'm buying some clothes. My my sisters, my, my, my I guess my nephew. Right, I was getting that was such a funny word, nephew. You know, but mm-hmm. he was just so helpful uh, that I wanted to give a give a glowing shout out to him. And what was his name again? I think his name is Pat Healy. Maybe okay. Patrick, but maybe he goes by Patrick uh, Patrick H or uh, PC PCH okay. or something like that. Yeah, I got a Patrick that works here. No yeah, way. Okay. Well, just tell because what when I was down there and I I can't walk too good. I, I have a cane. It's it's, it's it used to be decorative, but you know how decorative things start to become useful. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You ever had that happen? Okay. Yep. Yep. Well, <laughs> what's like an example with, with you that some something decorative become useful? Something decorative that becomes useful? Yeah. Oh, mostly home things, I would say, probably. Like you popcorn? Know. Popcorn is one of those things, yes. Yeah, because you can make like a popcorn string and you can eat uh-huh. it. Yeah. Well, I think that's, yep. pr- that's probably a bad example. I'm sorry about that. Well, that's okay. Uh, what were you going to say? I'm, I feel like I interrupted you. What were you saying? What was the home thing that was started off as a decorative? Oh, you know, like decorative things that you put on your wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might use them for, you know, like baskets and things like that. Basket. You can use them for decorations or you can use them to hang mm-hmm. or you can use them to put things in or carry yeah. things, you know. That's, all kinds of that's like absolutely that. true. You can definitely hang a basket and use it later for something else. Uh-huh. Uh, or you can store like um, I have a friend who puts like he's you ever seen those mini hammers? Yep. Those like he's got these hammers that are about two inches long. You sell those there? 
Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, I don't know if I've seen them here, but I have seen them before. Those are those are just the greatest thing. Those mini hammers, and he keeps a basket of them because what he does, you go over to his house, he just gives you a mini hammer. It's like, hey, this thanks for being here, and he got them branded, so they're his special brand. Ah, I see. Yeah, I think maybe you would know him. I th- he comes through quite a bit. He runs a uh, children's uh, chop shop. It's like a place where kids can work on cars. You know, you ever heard about that? Uh, no. It's called Children's Chop Shop. I don't know. It has okay. a, I don't know if it has a name though. It's something like. He he comes through there all the time. He's actually the person who told me I should go through to talk to Pat because Pat's such a great guy. Have you seen that movie, The Innkeepers? Mm, I don't recognize it. Okay. Well, you should check it out. Or have you seen that movie, Compliance? A movie called Compliance? Yeah, I think it's called that. There's also this other movie, What's He Done? It's another movie called, um, well, he's worked with that Werner Herzog fella. He's worked in tandem with him. This is a number of years back, along with um, Toby Huss. Uh, he's got a new film coming out, but he he's gonna he'll talk to you all about it. I'm sure. Well, you because you probably see him in the break room and everything like that. And he he just and he's writing something. He just a real hoot. Just so so in, invested in all these sort of different projects and really, really grant really just a a fun guy to watch. I never get tired of watching him do what he does. You know the work. Right. It's just elegant. Cool. Are you hearing that? I'm hearing something strange here. I'm sorry. Is, your, is, is y'all's phone system on the haywire today? Not that I know of. I am Just, hearing kind of an echo. With yeah. You. Okay, I'm hearing an echo right now. Yeah, I've been hearing it since you called. Okay. Well, maybe maybe it's me here. We got we got a guy outside working on the working on the pipes, but maybe he's struck something in the ground. You know, you know how that is. They put they put everything in the same place, and how, what's going to happen when you put it in the same place? You know. Yeah. Okay. Well, we really appreciate you calling and letting us know. No problem. I'll I'll call back anytime. All right. Okay. Anything anything else today? Well, I guess I just want to know if there's any kind of sales running that I could swing by. Maybe if you got those new electric pans. Electric pans? Yeah, electric pans. Uh, I don't know if we have any electric pans. Hmm. Uh, do you know which one I'm talking about? No, not offhand. Okay, because Pat seemed to know what I was talking about. Their electric pans. I guess maybe there's two types of them or something. I'm not quite sure. Something like a. There's a top you can use for knitting. Top you can use for posting up like an idea on a cork board. Or there's an idea. There's a top that's like a. It's like a reinvention of a prison sort of a tattoo thing, but it's meant for writing letters and such. Oh, okay. Nope. I don't know about that. None none of the three? Mm, no. No, not offhand. That's so strange. I don't I, I just don't know what to make of that, I guess. Because I saw him on the website. Well, I didn't see him on the website. It was someone, someone showed to me something like that. So maybe... um. Maybe we'll just have better luck talking to Pat. I'm going to try to just get him on the line. Is there a way you could transfer me back to who I was speaking with just a minute ago? Because she seemed to understand. She didn't know what I was talking about when I was talking about it before I was talking about it to you. You know what I mean? Right. Um, nope, I'm not sure who you were talking to. How many was people? Was it somebody at the sitting room? It was someone who was like picked up the phone. I think it was the second person. 
Now that okay. t- I don't know. Mm. Not sure. You didn't catch the name, huh? I think it was something like Karen or maybe Jessica or Fountain. Maybe it was Fountain or Fon- Fontaine. Is that a name? Fontaine? Um, I don't know. It was something like Fontaine, I think. Fontaine or maybe um, Brevis. Brevis? No, that doesn't sound right. Brevis. Um, Borchard. Borchard? It sounded like a rhyme with the word orchard, but it was a, a lady's name like Gor, Gorful, Gorfolk. Yeah, I'm not recognizing it. I'm just so, I'm just so bad with names, you know. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, I can try to get you somebody if you need help in a certain area. That'll be great. If we could get someone in shoes, that'd be great. In shoes? Yeah, and just send me a, and, and make sure you give that commendation to Pat. That'll be great. Okay. Shoes would be good. All right. Thank just you. a moment. No problem. Okay, we're going to get rolling. We're rolling. I'm just going to start this off real quick, if you don't mind, sir. I'm just going to get us a little bit of sound, a little bed music here. Don't mind. <laughs> this is uh, what they. This is how they did Thriller. You know the album Thriller? This is exactly how they did this it. This is exactly it. This is actually Quincy Jones. They made an electronic box to modulate based upon the contours of his rectum. And this is what it is. Wow. This actually is the the uh, monitor of that chamber that Michael Jackson slept in. This is his heart rate. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, this is the heart, the Jackson heart and rate. His um, his semen flow and etc. Here we go. Okay, so I'm just gonna find a good beat here to intro you, sir. I'm not gonna use your name until I intro you. Okay. Just tell me. Just say when when you hear like the beat you like. Okay. That's kind of good. That's almost like a tainted love sort of thing. Oh, you, you just... want this thing? Yeah, it's okay. like the second part of the baby, where did our love go? Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Twisting the Wind. My current guest right now is a man by the name of Pat Healy, actor, raconteur, roundabout, roustabout, ladies' man, I'll dancer. I'll be roundabout. And Roustabout was an Elvis movie. Okay, I just wanted to do that for the intro there. Great. Now we're set. Boom, boom. Welcome, Pat. How you doing? Hi, Johnny. I'm good. How are you? I'm just going to sit back now. It's nice to see now you. Now we relax. Yeah, let's see you too. We've gotten to see quite a bit of each other recently. Yeah, and, and I just saw you, actually, quite a bit of you on my TV because mm. I was watching, uh, I watched Innkeepers. Ah. Yeah, that's a pretty amazing film. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I quite enjoy it too. It's um, it's a fun little horror movie uh, slash character comedy yeah. sort of buddy movie and for some reason it has this uh there are many people that feel the same way you do but there's some internet um you know hatred for the movie because, oh really that's good yeah, well, though I, I think because it's not a, a blood and guts horror movie and that's what everyone expects now well, it's like did, really uh, loud sounds and and you know some dubstep just, just 12 gallons of blood and <laughs> and, and and all that and or 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 a uh a video handheld video camera thing, you know, found yeah. footage thing rather than a, you know, cinemascope, a 35 millimeter classic old haunted hotel mm-hmm. movie with characters who act like, you know, sort of like, uh, 
the comedy team, but um, but but I think it's really good. I mean, I think at the very least, it's not a movie to get angry about. It's a small movie. I like that. It's yeah. very simple. There's not a lot of not a lot going on, not a lot of locations. Yeah, one location. Yeah, basically. It's so great. It was so much fun to watch that. Thank and you. you're so you were so great in that because like remember from the very first scene, I actually recorded a, a clip of the show. I figured we'd play. Oh, just, great. You know, give a little tease of it. But yeah, I love your character who when he comes in eating that piece of beef jerky. It's so funny. Yeah, it's like a. Yeah. Big yeah, it's like one of those big Slim Jims. Yeah. And I, ha- I had to eat. For some reason, directors have picked up on this torturing me where they've it's written in the script and they know they it's going to torture be you? Me. Yeah, because like when I work with Craig Zobel, who I did compliance with and I did uh-huh. um, a Great World of Sound with, he had me like one scene eating a horrible pastry out of a vending machine and the next scene I'm <laughs> eating like uh, mozzarella sticks and Guinness, but like we had to do like, you know, 10 <laughs> takes. So I'm, I ate like, you know, 60 mozzarella sticks and yeah. then it's like, we're going to use like fake Guinness. And it's like, no, there is no fake Guinness. No you fake have to Guinness. drink Guinness. And it's like, you know, it's in the morning. You know? I mean, even if it was fake Guinness, I can't think of anything that would look like Guinness no. that would be at all better than Guinness. And it's it's um, germane to the story that it be Guinness. It's not, there's a story yeah. in the movie Grey World of Sound where yeah. I'm, I'm trying to pitch this idea of selling Guinness to black people because it's a dark beer. Which is an incredible movie. I didn't realize that was the same director. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, That's totally that, a little different, but thematically sort yeah. of the same, you know. That movie is amazing because it's like, um, if you're a music fan, which a lot of people of this podcast are because this mm-hmm. is a music tangential podcast uh yeah that movie's fucking amazing because it just i don't know it's like an underbelly you don't ever see as far yeah. as that goes yeah it's a it's a real um it's a it's a real phenomenon that happens to song sharking they call it and mm-hmm. it's like you know the ads in the back of magazines are like do you think you could be a songwriter mm-hmm. or a performer you know and uh you make an appointment with somebody and you go to a motel room somewhere and they you perform for them and they tell you um, I suppose it happens a lot less now because of the internet and everything, right. but they tell you that, you know, you're great. We just need money for the recording costs Right, we have to that. just get it, get it rolling. It does like happen Cutco now knives. just in more sophisticated ways. Like there's like, like here agents. in Hollywood. Yeah, there's, oh, yeah. there's a casting workshop, weekend yep. workshops, you know. And Look, I know a guy who can get you the great headshots. Modeling. He's just downstairs. Yeah. He is really super great. It's, 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 I know it's, it's $500. Right. That's a lot. But look, I mean, $500 in the scope of your career, what is that? I don't know. Right. It's, it's and with modeling, so small. it's like, you know, you might suck a dick, too. Yeah, suck a dick. Look, we got a really clean dick for you to suck. It's real clean. This guy's been vetted. I mean, no He's promises, vetted, okay? but yeah, we've been told it's clean. We've been told it's a super it clean weird, dick. but... Look, I, do I like it? I don't like it, okay? Yeah. Do it I like it? It looks like a dripping pine cone, but he says it's fine. <laughs> oh, it's, dripping. He says it's just allergies. It's just allergies. He was traveling. He was yeah. traveling. He... um. He got bitten by like this weird crab, but it's just it's not a yeah. not a not a baby he not wants a louse to let crab. You know that it is that, that is, it is not caramel corn glued to it. That's that's yeah. all organic. That's not a it's just a carbuncle. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a one, word you don't hear. Enough. That's one of the best words. It's also one of the most disgusting things. Is a carbuncle? Isn't that one of those words that is exactly? It, the word is exactly what the thing is, right? I guess. It, I mean, it's perfect. It's not a buncle on a car, but like it is mucus. It's like, like it's a, a perfect word. I think like it is. I think is. Um, the technical word for like a zit, I believe, is a is not as good. It's a commandone. Yeah, that's. But that doesn't sound as good as carbuncle, which is. I think it's. 
yeah, it's similar. It's to almost a, like an onomatopoeia, like it's the sound of yeah. the thing. Car- Maybe we should name the carbuncle. Uh, we'll name this episode "Comment on Carbuncle" and no yeah. one will listen. Yeah, or carbuncle. We get a lot of people who are having serious dermatological problems, searching for an answer, and they find a, a podcast That's that, like that an provides Ian Esco them play. Six six characters in search of a. What did you say? Car- Car- carbuncle commandone sort of, uh, uh, skin problem oh dermatological yeah. six yeah. characters in search of a dermatological problem rosacea <laughs> that's a bad skin disease but let's go back to acting here let's go back, okay. let's move back to the let's, acting let's, territory let's go back to acting because um, you know you're such a I really like your acting Pat I Thank really I, I admire it pretty pretty uh, sufficiently I feel like um, I was watching the innkeepers and I'm like I was thinking, I don't know. I, I I watch a decent amount of movies. You probably, I think you probably watch a lot more than a I do. Lot, but um, yeah. it's I always feel like there's something where, you know, if you do if you cast something right, then I feel like it's just fun to watch the people do what they just doing stuff. You know, like yeah, people like Robert Altman knew. You know, he yeah. would say like ninety five percent of of you know directing was casting. You know, just getting the right person in there, and then when the director does that, and he has you know, confidently pick the right person and then he can just let it go. Let you do your thing. Yeah. And which gives you confidence to just do your thing. Yeah. You know, they, oh, I Cause you're like, that. Oh, well you can't make a mistake cause right. you are the mistake. You're the guy. And, yeah. and also, you know, that's, that, it's not a giant budget, but it's enough money where it's like, well, they're, they're putting me behind the wheel of this thing, or at least, you know, co co-pilot yeah. this thing that they're spending quite a bit of money on. They must think I know what I'm doing. So, right. so I know what I'm doing. So, you know, that gives me confidence to just do my thing. Because that's what I feel like when I was watching you, because it's just like you're, I'm watching this person just very interesting to watch the things happen. Like, it's like time doesn't really matter. It starts to just be, oh, we're just, just watching. Yeah, I mean, that movie happen. in particular is very much for, I mean, that's one of the things that frustrates people about is particularly about pace. behavior. It's just about human behavior yeah. and how these two people interact with each uh-huh. other. And we were people... Sarah Paxton is the actress and, yeah, she's and my, great. myself and she's great but and we didn't know each other beforehand but we became really close right away because cool. we had what they call chemistry you know oh. what I mean? <laughs> so it's like it's like we we were a good team and we just did another film together and and we That's uh, Cheap Thrills? Cheap Thrills yeah, yeah I just that watched the trailer just for that South Southwest and 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 we enjoy each other and that's another part of acting which mm. is just like how you Yeah. how you behave you know with other people but my, my thing has always been like I have great, um, you know, anybody that knows me knows that I have um, an incredible amount of, of reverence for um, films and filmmaking, even mm-hmm. if I think, you know, the business may be a lot of bullshit sometimes, like yeah. for what we do, the craft, the art, and the work, which is what's important to me, I have mm-hmm. a great reverence for it. So I do, you know, watch a lot of it and absorb a lot, but I also am not going to... Um, uh, work on something that I don't feel like I can bring something to and take something from. And I'm not interested in, unless you're a comedian or a comic actor, I'm not interested in doing or seeing your imitation of something. I want to see like the thing. Yeah. I want to see the the behavior. I want to see the person, you know what right. I mean? It doesn't mean like I have to pretend like I'm you know, the character <laughs> like Abe Lincoln, you know, yeah. Lewis or whatever. It just means that like, when I get in there and I'm interacting with other people, I want to see, I want it to be as real as possible with, with the, with the uh, caveat that it must be interesting, you know, 
just just sort of being can be just kind of boring. But you know, you have to have these little sort of like spikes of interesting behavior. But right. but it has to be like real to me. So if the movie is as the innkeepers is, it's a horror movie and it's a comedy essentially. Right. You don't go in going. I don't go in going. This has to be funny here. I have to hit that joke here. I have to go in and, and hit like be like as honest and real. Yeah, as really possible. grounded. And then it will be funny, right? Like I, there's that scene in the movie where I, I'm trying to tell this girl that I'm in love with her. Right. She's does she's I'm her best friend, but she has she's no idea yeah. that I feel that way about her. And and the way that I played it when we did it was absolutely heartbroken. But when I watch the movie in a theater with an audience, they laugh their ass off. And that's great. Yeah. It is funny because it's real. Mm-hmm. So anyway. I mean, I thought that's basically like the first thing I learned when I was trying to learn how to act was learning that. I feel like I learned it from Craig Anton. Like I feel oh, like yeah. he taught me about that, about playing some, playing comedy stuff really grounded. And when you do that, all of a sudden you're freed up from the responsibility of being funny. Right. And all of a sudden things become funny because you're not. You're not trying. You're just you're just doing something, and sometimes it becomes more funny the more serious and more real you play it. It becomes even more funny. Absolutely, I mean, they just like, express you, themselves. You, you you know one lesson of you know that really good acting teachers or people that know about acting will teach you is that you are enough. So it's like you don't go like you'll see people sometimes in an audition and they'll walk in and the camera's on and then they'll say, okay, rolling. And then all of a sudden their face changes into yeah. the character or the emotion, you know, it's up. like if you just, um, recognize that you are enough, mm. that you're interesting. And if yeah. you've done your homework and you've been, you know, and you are inherently interesting and you've done the work, like I do a lot of work at home. I don't want to waste anybody's time going, well, what's my motivation here and all that. Whatever works for you is fine, but like I, I want to do all the work so that when I come, we can just make adjustments so that it's yeah. solid. But like you just have to like have the confidence and it takes a long time. I mean, it takes a lot of work and a long time. It takes forever, I feel like. To have the confidence to go yeah. like, oh, I'm interesting enough. <laughs> I don't have to like, you know, go, yeah. you know, do, you know, emote or what like my acting teacher in college used to call indicating. It's like, I'm going to show, I'm showing that I'm mad now. Yeah, like I'm pushing that something. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I don't ever mm-hmm. like watching that. I don't buy it for a second unless it's comic. Right. Uh, you know, a, a certain type of comedy is imitative of something to and, 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 and illustrative of like yeah. behavior because it's like a, a comment on it. But I don't ever want to see acting that's a comment on the, the character right. or the performance or whatever. That's so weird with that or, though because I feel like there's like a rift between film and TV as far as acting kind of how people act, you know? Yes and no. I mean, I think that's changing a lot. You're seeing like the bleed through of more uh, feature actors acting in television series and likewise like the, the you know, actors on, on the, you know, particularly the cable shows, you know, crossing over. Oh yeah, that stuff, definitely, too. yeah. And I think also because of the size of television sets now, Oh, you got to be small. Acting can can be more subtle. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it used to just that. be like when I started in in the business, you know, not that long ago, but like I've been doing this professionally for this is the twentieth. This will be the twentieth year that I've been acting professionally. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the twentieth <laughs> yeah. anniversary Special. podcast of Pat Healy's. Back acting when I was career. on the Andy Griffith Show, <laughs> but but uh, as Opie's friend Whitey, <laughs> um, but um. <laughs> Like it was always like everything had to be, I mean, there's still a lot of this on network shows, but like, uh, you know, close up, 
you talking, giving information, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're a guest star on a TV show and it's a crime procedural and yeah. done, you know, 30 of those or whatever. I did that for the first on. time recently. Oh, did you? Yeah. What was it? It was a show called Perception. It's uh, on TNT, I think. It's with that... Um, oh, that's uh, Eric McCormick. Show. Yeah, yeah, Eric yeah, McCormick. Yeah. I play his, like, one of his delusions. Oh, wow. It was pretty fun. I, I'm like the, the clearly the old, the comic part of the of the episode. Yeah. Like, please, clearly. Because well, you're a comic genius. <laughs> oh, clearly. It's because, uh, I mean, <laughs> what, what, what do you expect, guys? What yeah. do you want? When you put me in a room, I mean, yeah. you have to tape people's mouths up or something, huh? <laughs> you can't use camera. You have to get these it's camera like a, robots like the in hell here. Need them set. Yeah. Like everyone's cracking each other up. Johnny, you got to stop it. The sound guy, is he's, he's yeah. got a hernia, okay? <laughs> but it's like, it, 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 you know, so, you're, like, so that kind of television acting is sort of like going away because the sets are bigger and you can yeah. be more subtle and stuff like that but like there's certain types of television whether it's like you know sort of like heightened sort of soap soap the more soapy stuff or the more you know one two three or the you know one two uh, three multi-camera <laughs> yeah. comedy it's not that it's bad acting right. at all it's just a different just bigger, type yeah. and it's not it's not what i don't even even know if i would say i mean yes it's bigger but it's more geared towards uh a a a that effect of of like indicating something yeah because the the desired effect is different you know it's to, it's to make people laugh well, it's like a rhythm I mean? it's like that thing where it's you're watching uh something you know it's going to happen right yeah. and maybe it's more like m- music in that way yeah too, i guess that's what, what I mean? yeah it's like it's like the blues baby and with television, well, yeah. It's like I mean, the blues. Television, hmm. too, is like, yeah. See, it's like the Multi- blues. Ca- Multi camera TV is just like the blues. But, like, <laughs> they say, like, television is like the most personal sort of like artistic medium because it's in your house and it's people that you're with every week you know yeah and it becomes really personal to people so some of television is giving something people something that they are familiar with like law and order for example is a perfect example of this was is what works this is what we're going to do every week for 20 years you know what i mean and it's still working so clearly there's value to that i'm not saying like one is better than the other or whatever it's right. just different from how i approach it mm-hmm. and what i'm interested in yeah i feel like, i don't know i i guess i, I don't even know sometimes I, I feel like i'm still trying to figure that stuff out but i definitely know i like to do stuff that's it's more fun to do smaller stuff because i feel like you can yeah yeah settles, settles smaller fun. you mean like smaller budget or smaller acting? oh like smaller acting yeah yeah like smaller things where you can kind of be so a lot of times it's like I used to get mad at myself or just like get frustrated and realize like you're like oh I can't be, do it like that person does it it's like oh well you're not supposed to do it because that person's that person and yeah. you're not that person but so even why? if you do do it like there's I mean I you love do I like love him. Steve yeah. McQueen and yeah. I I watch his movies obsessively right? and I do imitate what he does but you imitating him is going to look it looks totally different different. like you would never know that great world of sound is based on steve mcqueen if it's not based on anyone else but i don't look like steve mcqueen and i don't move like steve mcqueen and i don't talk like steve mcqueen but like it's the basic fundamentals of what he does and right yeah interesting there's nothing wrong with like imitation but yeah it's not going to look anything like that yeah i try to do um I try to do a little Richard. That's my, like my thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah, find a little Richard. Good Lord, in this cloudy. <laughs> but try to do that in like a dramatic sense and and straight, not gay. Yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's, that's how I without do the it. sweaty, sparkly, yeah. <laughs> uh, angel dusted eighties uh, vibe. Yeah, that, man, he's a nut. You know what? I don't think of it like in terms of size either. I mean, even like theater, maybe and and comedy, live comedy, maybe that's an important element. But like. 
Size is not an important distinction I make anymore either because like even with cheap thrills, it's a very grounded version of something that gets very sort of absurd and ridiculous. And I get to places where my actions are, 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 are big, like physically and, you know, my voice is, is maybe more commanding or louder or whatever, but it's always coming from the same place. You know yeah. what I mean? It sort of organically comes out of that just being grounded in, mm-hmm. in something real, like what you were talking like about. Like a plant. Right. Like a plant? I don't know, like a plant. I was saying like grounded. I'm just making a, a yeah, little, like little, a plant. little metaphor there. Yeah. The seeds, uh, you know, to become um, branches. Well, and, the seeds and, uh, and the leaves, um, the leaves will, they will fall and they will uh, come back. Um, where am I? <laughs> Photosynthesis. We should, I'll put a link up to the uh, the Cheap Thrills trailer. How does, what's the deal with that? Is that is that coming out soon? It was just in South by Southwest, yeah, right? Yeah, premiered at South by Southwest like... Yeah, two less, weeks ago less than a month ago mm-hmm. and um it got bought it was the first film that sold at the festival so it got bought Woo! by yes thank you very much serious and applause i'm gonna put a uh this is gonna, this is the most anticlimactic thing i'm doing now let's do it anyway okay hold on let's have you say that again i'm gonna play like a special beat for being the first thing sold cheap thrills was the first film sold at the south first film sold 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 it was bought by uh, Draft House Pictures. What else do they do? Um, Draft House has okay, they so started up this sort of like theater chain where they oh the serve Alamo beer Draft and stuff House like that the Alamo yeah. Draft House and then they've um, become this uh, distributor. It's, so anything from like this sort of eighties cult film called uh, Miami Connection uh, mm-hmm. that was out uh, to the there was a movie called Bullhead that was a nominated for it's a Belgian film that was nominated for the Oscar for they did they film put that last out year. yeah and they're they're branching out more and they're doing this as a um, it was co bought with a company called Snoot Entertainment which is a producer named Keith Calder who has a m- movie called uh, You're Next coming out which okay. is a big horror movie that's coming out this summer does that have anything to do with thing like Robert Rodriguez stuff at all or not, nothing at all no no I, I think you know Rodriguez has Troublemaker right? Studios which is an okay. Austin based thing Got but it. it's a, a separate I mean those guys all know each other and work yeah. together and stuff like that they'll but help the, each other but, out um, it's, a, it's a guy named Tim League who started Alamo Draft House and, okay um, There's supposed to be one here in LA. It's been in the works yeah, for years. Yeah, I don't know that. I know that they've got their one in New York. They're starting. Mm-hmm. I think in LA, it's been like this zoning thing where because they serve it's booze and food. Ridiculous! Like, that shit pisses me off to no end. The whole like. Well, it's like that. You know that Circuit <sighs> City that's been empty forever, yeah. and like that was going to be a Whole Foods, and then well, they. I think no, they were you, looking at. You know that about that, right? Like, it was never going to be a Whole Foods. Was that was just that a was rumor? a prank. That oh, was really? a prank perpetrated by last week's guest, Brendan Walsh. Oh, really? It was. What kind of prank is that? A prank. It was a. Pr- they they put up a banner on the uh, on the oh, fence. Oh, okay. And they put up a banner. They spent a good amount of money printing out a banner that said Whole Foods coming soon, and it got picked <laughs> up and it hit the fucking airstream, that's whatever. Funny. Yeah, that's so great. Oh wow, that's well, great. I think Alamo was looking at yeah. that spot, but I it would be a great spot. I could be wrong, but I think there's just problem because there's so many bars and restaurants in the area and stuff that yeah. it, it bites, it eats into that business. That's so. just that's such a stupid. I don't know. The whole like liquor license controversy to me is the most ridiculous vestige of puritanism in our country it's well so it's not even that stupid. it's it's i think i mean i that's part of it but i think a bigger part of it is the competition the local the yeah. reason zoning laws exist is because there's so many bars and restaurants already and then right, it's the like, Vista, well, we have to compete with a place that shows movies now too you right. know it's like uh, you know the vista's right there 
Of course, I like to call it the that, Vista. The Vista. <laughs> I do. I always call it the Vista. I don't know why I say that. I don't think it's my accent. I think it's just... Well, there's like Buena Vista. The Vista. I mean, Vista is actually probably... Isn't that... Is correct. Isn't that the correct... But we, Vista. But, but you know, in Los Angeles, like very rare... I mean, yeah. Los Feliz, where we live, is Los Feliz. I know? say it Los Feliz. Well, you're wrong. I'm not, though. I always Everyone's said wrong. La Cienega and... and that's actually probably correct i heard some old thing about how this is totally well not a departure but how the way people pronounce los angeles changed as recently as like the 50s like they used to like we had some sort of hard-nosed los angeles yeah we in los angeles believe that the uh yeah. minority population is a threat to growers uh, like you know there's a like suburb that. of chicago near where i grew up Called Desplaines, which is like Desplaines, Desplaines, de, de, de Desplaines, uh, but it's Desplaines. Is it French? I guess, oh. yeah. There's a lot of places in Iowa that were settled by Fond du Lac. Fond du Lac. I want you to this. Fond du Lac. Fond Oh, there's all these people from hey, Iowa. Oh, like hey. They just destroy French words. Yeah. Um, what I want to do now is I want to play a clip from. Compliance. I want to talk about compliance. Mm. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay, so I want to play a clip from Compliance here. You know what this clip is? I do. Do you want me to set up? Yeah, you want to set it up? The movie. Yeah, let's set it up real quick. You can tell about. You can tell us about the movie, and then we'll hear hear the nice clip from it here. So, so the the movie Compliance is uh, is 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 based on a uh, a real event or series of events that happened uh, mm -hmm. that that culminated in this event in Mount Washington, Kentucky, in two thousand four, I think. Where uh, a uh, a man was um, prank calling um, fast food restaurants, pretending to be a police officer, and in this case, he he called a McDonald's restaurant and uh, convinced the manager of the restaurant that he was a police officer. That one of her employees, a, a young woman, um, a, uh, a teenager, really uh, had uh, stolen some money from a customer. Um, convinced her over a period of I think four and a half hours to. Uh, hold her, um, you know, captive in the back office, strip search her, uh, make her do jumping jacks in the nude, um, and eventually uh, it led to uh, a, a rape. So what, but so basically what we're trying to say here is that some fucked up shit happened. Some fucked up shit happened some in that, <laughs> that this particular event led to the, the revelation that 70 other uh, similar events happened at various other fast food restaurants across the country. Mm -hmm. uh, in the decade preceding that. Ugh. And at this particular point in the clip that you're going to play is um, in the film, I, I'm, you really just hear my voice. It's, it's, it's clear to anyone with a brain that um, this is not a real police officer, but this is the, the first moment in the film where I, I am actually revealed to be just a, a kind of creepy guy yeah, in, his, that's in, his, in his house. Who's making a sandwich. Who's making a sandwich and wearing a cardigan and just kind of hanging out. Mm -hmm. And it's important... At this point in the film, I'm revealed because another character is brought. The, the film's very much about, I mean, people can easily say like, oh, how dumb those people were. But the film is very much about the subjective experience of being in that and being under emotional duress. What would you do? It's also about, I, to me, I feel like it's a lot about the nature of being on the phone call because it's something where. Yeah. I don't know. Or, like a, or our, our relationship with law enforcement. And, yeah, law and enforcement. And just, but. 
I think what why this scene is important is because this is the first time I'm revealed, and it's because someone who has not been in the office and and been under the sort of spell of what's going on, which is essentially what happens in this movie, yeah, comes in and he and he doesn't buy it, and you see me for the first time. And so. this guy's a young guy himself. This guy's a young guy himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I have more to say about that after. You okay, play the clip. here we go. And play the clip. <laughs> play the clip. Here we go. Kevin, this is Officer Daniels. I'm the lead officer in the case. Has your manager explained what's going on? Uh, well, she said that Becky stole something and her brother's arrested. Sandra told you about her brother? Yeah, uh, well, she said he's in trouble. <laughs> what did he do? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the brother in a second. That's really a very serious police matter. What we are interested in the moment is... Becky and this theft. Oh, and what is the theft? Well, I have a customer here with me that says her purse was taken. Well, you know, I was out there the whole time and, you know, I I didn't see anyone complain about a purse being stolen. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. You're right. Excuse me. Not her purse. uh, Money from her purse. She says that uh, Becky, it was on the counter, the purse, and Becky stuck her hand in and snatched it out. Okay, I don't understand how that could be possible because there were like a ton of people out there. Well, I don't really have the time to debate it with you, son. I have a surveillance unit saying they can corroborate the victim's story. What our issue at hand is, where is the money? You see? Does she have anything in her pockets? What? (laughs) What is the suspect wearing at this time? I, you know, if she doesn't really have pockets to have anything in. Why is that? Dude, you, you all strip search her. She's wearing an apron right now. Okay, why don't you calm down? I'm going to need you to inspect her. <laughs> what? Kevin, why don't you stop laughing and calm down, okay? What, what the I fuck are you talking about? Of the law, okay? I'm going to need you to address me as a sir, understand? Very freaky. Very freaky. Spooky indeed. freaky, yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the one point that I want to make, and we can mm-hmm. talk about the rest of it, is that in both the real-life case and in the film, the, this character who who is the young employee that Phil Edinger plays, Kevin, walks in, clearly knows something's wrong, yeah, you Literally can see it. doesn't believe the guy's a cop. The girl is nude, covered by an apron, and goes back to work and is texting his friends and stuff and does nothing about it for really? the next yeah. several hours. Yeah. It's it's a, definitely a hard movie to watch, but that's what I like yeah. about it so much. It's so hard to watch. And it's like this thing where it, um, it just gets down to... Because I do a lot of... Uh, I guess you call them, you call them prank calls on this right, yeah, podcast, some of those, yeah. and it's like something where I always, every time I call someone, like I usually make like about five or ten calls before I find like a really good one that I want to put on the podcast. And it's so weird to see how people treat you differently, different places when you talk to them different ways, because it's like they really have no way of knowing. What, a lot of times you can tell them something and people will believe it. Right. Just they'll believe the most the most fantastically absurd things. And isn't it amazing how long most people will stay on the phone? Totally, yeah. And it's like this there's this weird thing where you can feel like I don't know, it's like a like just gravely disrespected just from a phone call with a stranger who you'll never talk to and never have to deal with and never have to like I mean, I don't think that's it hasn't been the case with 
stuff I've done, but like it's something where yes, it's crazy how powerful that is when you're just you're just talking to someone and they can't they you're to, you're totally safe, but you're like not safe. It's like this creepy. That was a really yeah. interesting thing that we did with this film that Craig Zobel, who wrote and directed it, and I did and talked about, which was that um, the stakes are actually very low. Yeah. And um, for the for the caller anyway, he's not he's not seeing any of this horrific yeah. sexual abuse going on. For him, it's a prank call that he finds funny, and the worst thing that's going to happen is they're going to hang up on him. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that that speaks to like this sort of larger trend of like trolls on Twitter. Or oh yeah, IMDb message boards or, or or prank callers or whatever, where you like you don't really have to face up to any consequences and that's what i thought about this guy like I, i've told this story a lot but like the all the calls in the movie were live it's like me on one set and them on another set so oh, we're actually great. really yeah. talking to each other the whole time and um it was fine doing it on the phone but when the phone would break sometimes and it was a little budget movie we didn't have a lot of time i'd have to go in the set and say those things to their faces and that would make me physically Ooh. ill yeah because it's like it's totally different it disconnects you and i think that that was probably true of of the character too, yeah. that, that he is not somebody that could do that to someone's face. Oh yeah. Just like when these guys that you're, you're on Twitter and they're like, dude, your movie fucking sucks. You make shit you make yeah. shitty movies. And you're like, you corner them. Like this happened recently to a guy. <laughs> and I like, I like, he was like saying all this horrible stuff to me and normally I wouldn't bother, but I was like waiting for my laundry to get done or whatever. And he was saying really awful things and he went out of his way to address them to me. Like, I don't care if you like the movie or not, mm-hmm. but like, you know, if you, at Pat Healy and you tell me that I suck and my movies suck and then you start telling my friends and stuff like that. I was just kind of curious as to what kind of person he was and it was funny because he was making fun of compliance and I was saying and then he started calling me a bully because I was giving him stuff back and I was like you're (laughs) the Officer Daniels from compliance right? So you're hiding. The funny thing was that he of course has no picture and he doesn't use his real name on his Twitter but for some insane reason he linked to his Facebook profile and I find out that he lives in Wilmington, North Carolina, where a lot of my best friends make a television show called Eastbound and Down. Right. And he works on the show. <laughs> and the producer of Compliance is David Gordon Green, who produces and directs Eastbound and Down. Right. So, oops. So he doesn't have a job anymore. Yeah. But he didn't think that I would like, and I didn't do it to like, out of any sense of like, I didn't get any joy out of like any punishment and and let me be straight. I don't know that these guys are going to fire this guy or anything. And I didn't tell them to do that. All I did was simply relay the information that Mm -hmm. this guy called me a fag and (laughs) all kinds of things that, and I wasn't asking for it. He just went out of his way to, um, you know, just make me have a bad day. And he's also not speaking too highly of you, Mm -hmm. David and Jody Hill, you know, and, and, and all this stuff. And so, I just was like, well, your consequences have actions, you know, right. uh, your actions have consequences. And, and, you know, it wasn't like I took pleasure in punishing him. And like I said, I don't know that they're going to do anything about it and nor do I, I care. I'm not well, going to follow up on it. Put them out to the seawall, right? That's what they do it there. They put them out in the seawall during low tide. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, Leslie Nielsen in a uh, creep show. Classic Ted Danson. North Carolina thing. Yeah. But then like Ted Danson comes back as a zombie with seaweed all over him. <laughs> That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. Totally. Creep show. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's like, there's something about, I mean, obviously prank calls have been going on probably as long as as the phone exists, but now with all these other things, uh, all this other technology and also how we're sort of like 
more connected than ever, but less connected mm -hmm. to each other, that it's easier for people to, to, to feel like they have the right to, to, or they're entitled to do these things. It's easy to say something that normally you wouldn't say at all, or it's easy to tell someone something that you're thinking that you would never be able to do. Because you can do it so quickly yeah, and then so you just easy. press the, like, like it's, it would be really, it's really easy as us rational, uh, we rational people know to go, uh, wait, let no, my emotions cool off. Don't push that button. Right. Don't send that message or whatever. And I'm guilty of like, maybe, you know, oh, I've not done always it. doing that too. Yeah. Maybe having a few too many drinks or whatever, but it's also, I think, somehow easier to believe some stuff because now the internet is equated with like it's true journalism and yeah. stuff and it's yeah, like where does it, it's so easy line? to go like oh my god bill cosby is dead and then like an hour later the internet is buzzed with 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 bill Not cosby true. is dead you know right he's or very like much still with us they're building a whole foods in silver lake sure <laughs> Yeah, that's what happened, that's and it exactly spreads like happened. wildfire, yeah. just like good news does too. Exactly. I mean, yeah, I like to think that I was thinking about this the other day in conjunction with the 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 the, the events that happened with this the twit war. unfortunate young man that like, and I talked to my like you know my shrink about this stuff too, and I'm just she's she's a, she like has nothing to do with any of this stuff, and she just gives her the willies, and I'm just like, there's so much more good that comes from it, like. You know, the fact that information, like things like the Arab Spring and stuff like that, obviously are allowed to happen mm -hmm. because of social networking. And 99.9% .9 of feedback I get from being on Twitter or Facebook or whatever is is positive and makes me feel good about the work that I do. But or you always, kind of personal. it's so easy to focus on the negative stuff. Sure. Really weird. Um, so I would think I told you this before, but I had this experience where some person was saying something mean to me about, I think it was about the podcast maybe, or maybe it was something else. I don't know, but it, it was on Twitter. Uh -huh. and it was like a real just like, da -da -da -da, fuck you, this you know, that kind of a thing. Real right. nondescript, Very just mature. negative. Yeah. So I was like, I tried this new technique where I um, I favorited that tweet, retweeted oh, yes, you, it. you told me that, yeah. Retweeted it, then I replied saying, thanks so much for your commentary. Um, keep up the good work. G good luck in life. Appreciate it. And just some, some very sort of generically positive to his negative. Right. And um, I think I even followed the guy on Twitter too. Right. <laughs> just to really, just to really like fucking. Well, what's that? There's a famous quote, I don't know, or maybe it's just one of those cat poster things where it's like, smile at your enemies, it confuses them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's probably a cat poster. <laughs> I don't know if it's Gandhi yeah. or a cat poster. Yeah, cat poster. It's one of the other. Yeah, what is it? Gandhi or a cat poster? Uh, same thing, pretty much. <laughs> that was Gandhi's secret. It's like simple truths of the cat, of the feline. Actually, but... that brings up a good point about what we're talking about too yeah. now, which is like, um, simulacrum of of things right. are now as good as the real thing too it's like you could say like gandhi and the cat poster are the same thing which is ridiculous but like people put up you know quotes all the time attributed to martin luther king that's just like from some cat poster and it's oh just yeah like, totally it's just as good well, you or, know, or, or being friends with somebody on twitter is the yeah. same as being friends with them in, in real, real life, life yeah whatever. i realize is that the person you can quote and no one will ever call you out on it if you do it right is mark twain because yeah. Mark Twain has written so much, and he has like such a style of saying things that you could attribute. Like if you say, if you want to say something about an animal, like like a raccoon is by far the noblest of animals, for <laughs> right. it licks its fingers before touching a second helping. It's like Mark Twain. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I guess you said. Like, where did he say that? It's like, oh, he said it in Tramp uh, Innocence Abroad, obviously. Right. Didn't you read that 900-page book about him traveling in Germany? It used, to be, well, it used to be Will Rogers. Not, yeah. not many people know who Will Rogers is anymore, but you could always say, like, 
Right. I've never known a man in a bow tie to prune a tree in a way that shades my window correctly. <laughs> but funny. I have ridden on a train to Idaho, <laughs> and I can tell you one thing. Seats are comfortable. <laughs> Will Rogers. And what yeah. that means, it sounds so basic, but people interpret it like, what that means is, that's about the nature of man's soul. Yeah, it's, what's the, it's the being there, the <laughs> yeah. chance the gardener sort yeah, of thing, Chauncey, where it's yeah. like, you know... Uh, Chance the Gardener follow. becomes Chauncey Gardner and, and he just says these simple things because he's a simpleton. Yeah. But then some that sort of like that there is something very poetic right. in what he's in, in mm-hmm. what he says ultimately because it's so simplistic and it is kind yeah. of true. But I think I, I yeah, that but movie, mostly that's just yes. It's sort it's of both. like it's yeah. Kind of, it works it is both. I guess it is both. We're all over the place, but I guess that's sort of the nature of this thing, huh? What, this? Oh yeah, yeah totally. Well I can also we can always lasso it back. Twisting. In oh, the wind. let me. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's my that's the idea of the name of the podcast. It's just we're just. It's hey. not twisting in the wind. Hey, Pat. man, we're just Pat. hanging out. We're not twisting in the wind. We're twisting the. Wind. I'll tell you what. Talk about. We're twisting it. it. I'm we're just take, take it out right take, now. Okay, take I'm it in. out. And take it out. Hold on. Okay, to put that toilet paper roll on it. Yeah, that sounds real good. <sighs> I have a button fly, so this is not going to work. But we could do this. <sighs> okay. I'm just going to leave it out there. Like, hold on. I just burped for you there. Okay. Oh wow, it's so heavy. Yeah. And, what is that, 16 pounds? Um, I have not weighed it, but I have measured it. It's weird how it and goes it so far long. to the left like that. It's almost like a handgun. As a, as a, as an Irish American, <laughs> I call it my shillelagh. Shillelagh. Oh, man. I, my parents went to Ireland when I'm I was in high school. and a grower. Shore and a grower. They brought me back a shillelagh, and that thing, I must have... There's not a thing I didn't strike with my shillelagh. Yeah, did you ever whoop somebody upside the head with I it? I wanted to so bad. I wanted to so bad to have like an intruder come in our house and like have that shillelagh and just crack the skull. Yeah. It's like, if, uh, listeners, if you don't know what a shillelagh is, it is the, considered to be the first weapon. What it is, it's a fucking, um, it's the main trunk of a small tree, maybe like a, like a 16 foot, 20 foot tall right. sapling. And it's been cut... At a limb adjoining part, mm-hmm. so it's basically like a like a hammer, and it has the kind of the 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 edges V-cut. of the branches yeah. coming out of it, so that they're like sharp, like almost like spikes. It is so badass. It's the most. But people use it as a walking stick too. You but. can, but the, the one I had was about a foot and a half long. Yeah. So it was definitely it was a. Weapon. My dad had one. Like it's that, to crack. Yeah. It's to crack a motherfucking skull. That's what yeah, it's no, for. he had like a long one, like a walking stick okay. one, but like, yeah, yeah, you. You whoop somebody upside the head yeah. with the shillelagh. That's the thing is that kind of that kind of uh, tool of um of that kind of kill tool will never go away. I still feel like that's probably the best defense of all. The shillelagh. Like you could probably bring a shillelagh on a plane. I heard that Wayne Lapierre stick. the other day. So he said all teachers should have shillelaghs in the in the schools, <laughs> and that would be fine. How great would be if he said that if Wayne Lapierre ditched guns. Now, if he had that uh, fifty uh, round magazine, if he got whooped upside the head with the shillelagh by Mrs. Sharon in second grade, then uh, oh man. It would be uh, fine. Or if uh, Mrs. Gonzalez had her bolas. Yeah. Or what's that? I'm trying to think of an Argentinian name. Gonzalez is so basic, but like, I don't know. If uh, Arturo Horta from the Spanish department had his... <laughs> Braga, senor, Braga. Senorita Braga. Uh, well, if uh, possibly Senor Braga had been allowed to bring her bolas into class. The new pope is Argentinian, right? Uh, he is, yeah. What's his name? I can't remember his name. I know name. it's Francis, but... Francis. I do like his choice of St. Francis, but that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Buenos Aires. Shalala. Um, your dick. Took your dick out. Shalala. Mark Twain. Will Rogers. 
Oh, let me finish that Twitter story, though. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, so this guy, who I favorited, retweeted, and followed, then uh, a few days later, he replied saying, hey I'm, I'm, hey, I'm sorry about that. I was like, I fired that off. I was just in a bad mood, and I just kind of fired that off out of nowhere. Uh, I listened to more, and I was like, do we like it? And I was like, oh, great, okay, blocked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, this guy oh, came right back. Yeah. Uh, big fan. Because it was clearly... Big, I'm a really big fan of your work. He didn't say that. He, he no, this sincere... guy did to me. Oh, he did? Oh, okay. Oh, I have a good story about that, about compliance, actually. Because, yeah. like, I did... Compliance premiered at Sundance in January of 2012. And... Um, was it a riot? There? It was a riot. It was a... That's fucking Us awesome. being hustled into a, an elevator by security. No riot. way! Yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah, you can actually... I don't oh, know if it's on so YouTube, cool. but you can find the video on... Um, somewhere online. Wow, that's so cool. Part of it, anyway, and, and 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 it was a misinterpretation of the film that still exists to a certain degree. It's kind of died out a little bit, which is that the film is is in some way misogynistic and and you know uh, uh, um, anti-feminist and and um, you know is is torture porn in some way. But can't you like you can interpret anything any way you want to? Of course, and I, I you know my my thing is now. that you know the guy stood up and. His comment was, you know, we, we, you know, the actress who who plays the abuse victim in the film, Dream Walker, said, you know, it's not supposed to be appealing. And this guy said, your body sure was appealing. And then he like, he, everyone like booed him. And then he stood up and he went, no, no, you are showing it in a titillating manner. And it's like it, one of the other actresses, Ashley Atkinson, who's an actress and a comedian, like stood up. She's obviously dealt with hecklers and was like, sir, if you could look at that. And see what happens in that film, and see this abuse, and see this woman with all of her agency taken away, and find that titillating. I don't know what to say to you. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yes, you can interpret anything to be anything, but if you're interpreting that movie to be that, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and how dare you put that on us? You know yeah. what I mean? And at first, we were very shocked by it, and we were very, we wanted to be very sensitive to it and we are still very sensitive to it. But after doing this for a while, I became very defensive and actually quite angry sometimes. Mm -hmm. So by August, that was January, I was up in um, Traverse City, Michigan, which is uh, a resort town, a really nice place where Michael Moore has a film festival mm -hmm. every year that he programs and he programmed the film and, and he, you know, uh, really championed it and everything and, and the director couldn't go and I went and I did mm -hmm. the Q&A. We had 50 walkouts, which was about the same that we always have walkouts during the film. It's great though. I think it's really great. Yeah. But Something like about, that. about 50 people walked out in the middle of it and then um, and then those people all came at, back afterwards to talk to me about the film in a very rational, calm yeah. way. They just didn't want to bear witness to it. You I, can, know? I can see that totally, yeah. But I have, a, a, there's a particular type of a Q and A uh, person who, let's just say they like this, to, to hear the sound of their own voice more than anything oh, else. Oh man! Oh yeah, I know that type. That's right. like Okay. So we know this guy. <laughs> he comes to comedy shows. He comes um, to films at film festivals and stuff like part that. Part one. I would like to ask uh, with regards to the way that yeah, the, is our question, sir. You know, um, so, and you have to have like some big words in there. Yeah. So this was August after, and I've been doing quite a few of these, and some of them on my own. And this one, I was on my own, and it wasn't, you know eight months into doing this and, and just kind of being tired of it right before the movie was released. Maybe it was July, late July. And, um, this guy started talking about like, 
I think it would have been much more effective if you had made a film that was about all of this. You know, there were 70 plus cases of reported cases of this happening of all the different cases and stuff and a really elaborate like and it's like it's just he's just saying you should have made a different film. Mm -hmm. And and I I listened to him and I let him finish and I, I went I nodded my head and I just went on to the next person the next question because it was like there was no question yeah and it I wasn't was like, a question I wasn't going to respond to it because it's like that's another movie it's like I said to someone at another one I was like we could have made a movie about a talking pig but we didn't we made a movie <laughs> about this unfortunately that was a fat man and he he was a little bothered with Jeez, that, but, Pat. but anyway so uh, but I, I didn't do it consciously <laughs> yeah. I just said I just yeah, said you know I was thinking of Babe I don't know Jeez, so so, so this guy said his thing and um and I moved on to the next question. And at the end of it, um, uh, he's approaching the stage and he's got his hand out. And I didn't realize it was him at first, but he's standing on a stage and he's shaking my hand, telling me what a great movie it was, of oh, course, you know. Yeah. And uh, he said, you know what, what I was trying to say was, and I smiled at him and I shook his hand and I said, you know what, I really don't give a shit. And I just walked away. Yeah, it's great. Because I'm it's just like, I, you yeah. know, I, look, it's fine. You're, you, you are perfectly entitled to think whatever you like about the film you're not allowed to listen I, to it you don't I, have I to don't listen to care. it i don't care i did it wait so what was the sundance thing then what was the sundance riot the sundance riot was a, a, a you know it was it was the first showing of the film and if you know if you've been to sundance or you know anything about it it's incredibly difficult to get tickets to anything it's impossible and people just get tickets to movies to see tickets to move get tickets to movies and they didn't know what the movie was right and it, oh, okay it, so the, i see what you're saying so people were shocked and and they yeah. weren't didn't know what they were in for and by the way some people who are, are do know what they're in for are shocked by yeah. the film it's a shocking film but um what happened was there was a lot of tittering during the movie and then there was a lot of walkouts and then as soon as the movie ended so the credits start a woman who later we found out was disturbed in some way okay. for other reasons she was more screamed <laughs> Shame on you, Sundance. How dare you? This is the year of the woman. How dare you show this? And, you know, Craig, before anybody had a chance to say anything, you know, the director said, like, you know, first the, the moderator said, this is not a, a free-for-all. Like, right. we're going to have a, you know... A, this a, isn't a naming ceremony at the... Uh, at the um, What's the Swiss... You fucked think. it up, Johnny. What the fuck? I was going to say something really great. I was going to reference uh, monetary policy and that the the people who give the Nobel Prize naming uh, award. Oh, no, okay. I'm sorry, never mind. Yeah, I certainly don't. God know, damn but, it! But um, so smart. So she screamed cool. that, and Craig sort of said, "Like I agree with you." Oh, she said, "Rape is not entertainment." Yeah. And Craig said, "I agree with you. Why are we yelling? Like, let's talk about it." Right. You know, which is it's a movie that, if nothing else, is made to be have a discussion about. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We can't always be there, but like, you know, and certainly in this case we were. Um, then this other guy jumped in, like I told you, and made the comments that it was, you okay. know. First he made a lewd comment, your body sure was appealing, and right. then he tried to hyper-defend himself because uh, he was saying, no, no, that you're trying to titillate us. Mm -hmm. And we were saying no, and Ashley said what she said, which I told you. And then... Um, she said, if you feel that way about it, I don't know what to say to you. To which his response was, and I'm, I'm quoting here, so please don't mm -hmm. get on my back or Johnny's back. But he said, no, I'm a faggot. I don't, I'm, I'm not turned on by it. And then you're like, well, if you're a gay gentleman, then how do you know? Like, what are you saying? Like, how do you know that that's 
titillated. Yeah. Because you're not titillated by it. Is there some, are there other people in the audience that are sharing something? Well, what, it's also kind of weird that he calls himself from? a faggot. Yeah. And, I, like, I understand if you're hanging out with your boys. Like That's on the tape, by the way. I mean, the I'm beginning going out with my faggots is, tonight. We're going to get some dick. Maybe yeah. you can find it <laughs> and play different. it on, on the show. But like oh that's God. actually on the... That part was captured on tape. So you can find that somewhere on the internet of him saying that. Maybe he's confused. Maybe he's well, not it was a very, it was. It ended up being two very confused people. This guy... Yeah. Turned out to be another filmmaker who had a film, a short in the festival that was about gay bathroom sex. And he followed us around. It was called Accomplice. He followed us, yeah. <laughs> he followed us around the entire, for like three days, just telling us what a great movie it was and all oh, that stuff. Yeah. I kept waiting to see the copy of The Catcher in the Rye in the back pocket. Oh, shit. You know, and the, you know. Reference to Death of Lon Jennon. John, Lon Chaney Lon, Jr. Lon Jennon, John Lennon. John Lennon, Mark David Chapman. Dog. Let's take a quick break. Quick, uh, quick, let's, let's, wake a, let's take a quick tape, and then we'll jump back on top of busting it. Got it? Dragon, dragon, yeah. the garden. Hello. You are listening to Twisting the Wind on the Feral Audio Network. Please donate. Thank you. Thanks for that. Turn around, back up, and hit me with it. No way of stopping. Hi, the this is Sly of the Fly and the Family Stone. Hi, Sly, living in a van. South Central, it's true, he lives in a van, South Central, you know that? Yeah. yeah. Sucks. Okay, we're back. Just had a little, a little uh, drum machine Sylvester reintroduction. Stewart. Back here on Twisting the Wind with AKA Pat Healy. Hey, Pat Healy, actor, comedian, writer, member of the uh, spontaneous, fabulous on ice. Oh, I'm saying it wrong. You're original member of the uh, sketch group. The pretty okay, okay ho hum spectacular, spectacular on, on ice. ice. Yep. You knew it. Which, no, I just had to You're get the first me. word, the first word. You know what I mean? Get the first word he can remember. I it. think that's correct. It was I didn't you, come up with the name. It was you, Danforth, France. It was Josh Fadim, and who was the fourth? Chad Fogan. Chad Fogan, right, yes. I remember seeing you guys back in the day before I many, like, many first other started doing comedy. adjunct members, uh, mm-hmm. David Johnson, um, okay. yep. Demorge Brown. Demorge Brown. And uh, just about every major <laughs> comic talent on the scene now coming through, you know, in their sort of first round of shows, uh, Charlene Yee, yep. Andy Samberg, Bill Hader, uh, uh, God, everyone. everyone. And everybody had Johnny, glasses. Everyone had glasses. All, the, yeah. all four of the guys that hosted the show was a hybrid sketch stand-up show. Yeah, I think I saw one of the last Delaney, ones. Rob Delaney, Susan Burke. A lot of good, a lot of great people. Many, many, many. That was at the Ramada Inn in the basement. Right, the placement of the Rada and the W.C. Fields room. Which is now called the Hollywood Hotel. The Hollywood Hotel, which from what I understand, the 
the same people own it, but they did not want to pay the licensing fee for Takata Ramada mm-hmm. anymore, so they just came up with some generic name. And they put some shitty movie posters down there. Right, and they call it the Hollywood Hotel, and it's it's nowhere near like the you know, Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> oh, you want to get a taste of Hollywood? Come yeah. over here. Uh, taste uh, Several people's relatives have been stored in the basement when this used to be a morgue. Yeah. Because <laughs> it used to be a morgue. Oh, did it? Yeah, the basement of that place, that building. That explains some of the shows exactly. we did. Exactly. It wasn't a morgue morgue. It was like. It had the energy of a morgue sometimes. It did, because it's like the low ceilings and kind of like, why is it cold in this spot? <laughs> I think our bar must have been a morgue at one point, oh, too. God. That, I have the same That place sometimes. There. Oh, Jesus. Now we're now we're talking uh, a little trade lingo here. Yeah, hey. But let's get back to something that people can really sink their teeth into as a listener to the podcast we're talking about right now. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, now, hey Pat Healy, it's five uh, past the hour. That's just the Johnny just shed his skin. Generic sound. You are working on something pretty cool right now. You were talking yeah. about as you came in here. Um, I perked up right away. I spent all like, day uh, in, in deep in 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 the note session on it. And this is about one of my favorite words, Pyongyang. <laughs> Pyongyang, yeah. I love when North Korea is in the news just because they have the coolest name of a capital of all time. Although, you know, we did a reading of the script the other day or a few weeks ago with um, and Ken Jeong played the um, the main Korean character and, and he pronounced it like Pyongyang or something. He's probably right. Yeah, of course I mean, he's, he's right. He's Korean, so. It's like sort of like when people say... Uh, you know, people used to say Osama bin Laden. Or right. As, you know, there's all kinds. Or um, They used to Gaddafi. say Muslim instead Muslim? of Muslim. Muslim? Like my dad still says Muslim. Yeah, I got all these Muslims over in yeah. Los Angeles. Anyway. You got this Muammar Qaddafi. I got Qaddafi. Muammar Qaddafi. Yo, what we're seeing here is that Muammar Qaddafi. Muammar. Momar, I, I, uh, pardon me, uh, Mr. Qaddafi. I, I think you're stepping on my robe. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Qaddafi, I uh, can't find my missiles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Qaddafi, Mr. Yeah. Qaddafi, um, you might want to shave that mustache. They're looking for you. Sorry, Mrs. Teitelbaum. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Tribeca Films, which is uh, Robert De Niro and Jane Rosenthal's um, production oh, company. You've heard of him, Bob De Niro? Here, here's my impression of Bob my De Niro. Boss. Here we go. Here's, yeah. here's him. You're it's not a, seeing this, but it's yeah, great. It's, a, it's just it, a, a face. I, uh, I, uh, just like mm, him. Mm, maybe, uh, I've maybe, sat this exact uh, distance away bit, from him. A little bit. It's exactly the same I, uh, experience. A little bit. Maybe, um, maybe you've, uh, I don't, I can't find the key. Where is it? He's I, got a little bit of like a, like a, <laughs> like a Max Casella voice <laughs> in the higher register oh, that's, there. That's classic De Niro. I yeah. kind of hung that uh, act up a while ago, but. Hey, Dick Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> It's me, Prune Face. Prune Face. I uh, couldn't help but notice that. Uh... Eat lead, copper. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so Tribeca, so Tribeca um, found these two amazing articles. One was in Vanity Fair magazine. One was in the New Yorker about this guy named Bobby Egan, who is a barbecue chef. He runs a, a, a barbecue restaurant called Cubby's in Hackensack, New Jersey. Sounds good. And through a uh, strange confluence of uh, events, um, 
became a conduit between uh, the U.S. government and North Korea uh, for about 15 years, primarily starting in 1993. That's a really strange con confluence of events. Yeah. What is the... Well, he he was somebody who I mean he comes from a, a neighborhood that's very blue collar. Mm -hmm. I mean people are either in the mob or they're like hot tar roofers. Right. Um, the only people that got out when he was a kid were guys that were going to Vietnam. Got so he, out what? Uh, out of out of the, the town, town. The yeah. small town. Okay. Yeah. He's just a white guy. Uh huh. Okay. He's a half Irish, half Italian, got so it. he couldn't be a mob guy because he was a Irish. He's not full. He had an Irish name. Yeah. He can't be made, huh? So he couldn't be a made guy. Speaking of De Niro. Huh. There you go. Uh, maybe you've seen a little movie called Goodfellas. Uh, but keep going, though. So so Bobby really wanted to fight in Vietnam, but um, he, the war ended basically before he was old enough. Okay. So he got involved in what was sort of like really happening in the late 70s, mostly because of the movie The Deer Hunters and another sort of De Niro connection. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, the POW MIA, um, uh, you know, thing was Recovery going on. Recovery program? Right. Okay. And um, he, you know, went to rallies and things like that, but the, he never really got much out of that. And he's a very um, brash, sort of forward, uh, impulsive guy. And what he just decided to do was go down to the, I guess they call them missions, where the, the, the delegates from the United Nations from those countries, mm -hmm. from Vietnam, live and knock on their door and just say, hey, I'm your a friend. I'm going to be your friend. In his mind, he was going to try and get POWs back, but he was doing it, not working with the government at all, by bringing them to his restaurant, by taking them to the basketball games, Got and that's game, things like that, all sort of things that he's that he was hooked up with. And one day, this really top-ranking um, Vietnamese official named Lee Quang Kai um, peeled him aside and said, hey, I want to defect. I'll tell you where all the POWs are. Wow. And um, he ended up hiding this guy under his bed and um, bringing him to the Senate Select Committee on um, POW-MIA Affairs, which at that time was headed by John McCain and John Kerry. And this guy testified and, you know, was saying there's still men alive. And, and, mm -hmm. and he was a, some sort of clerk who was, like, filing the remains of, like, you know, dead Americans. We're talking about from the Vietnam War. Vietnam, And yeah. so they are, but these people are in Vietnam. Right. So this is all prologue to our story. Okay. Because we're um, talking about North Korea is what you're talking about. Correct. So this was so so he's he's brings this guy this guy who's a barbecue chef from New mm -hmm. Jersey and really that's all you know that he is brings this guy before the Senate Select Committee on on POWMA affairs and then right after that happened they shut the whole program down because it was it basically was embarrassing we it would have been to admit that we had left guys there for 20 years and done nothing about okay. it so they shut that whole thing down. He gets shut down. He's he's disappointed. Um, a year goes by, and he gets a call from some mysterious people to meet him somewhere, and it's North Koreans. Mm -hmm. And North Koreans, like the Vietnamese before them, have no relationship with anyone in our government. They don't talk to anybody. Yeah, they're completely closed off. They call it the Hermit Kingdom. They're completely mm -hmm. closed off from from all intelligence agencies. And then they start talking to this guy because they think he's like a high level operative or spy because of, because of what he did with Vietnam. Oh, cool. And over the years, um, you know, lots of twists and turns took place and um, he became, you know, in the middle of all these major events going through 9-11 and uh, the axis of evil and all that stuff, right. you know.
So that's what the movie's about. So that's what's the movie, what the movie's about, and and it's it's really interesting now because the the guy that the story's about, Bobby Egan, um, who you know I've become friendly with, and and uh, uh, still runs his restaurant, is is very still still very plugged into what's going on over there. And right now, now there's a lot going and on. Right now, now there's a lot going mm-hmm. on, and and um, you know. Starting with Dennis Rodman going over yeah, there, and that's amazing. I read the whole. I can't believe that. What a, this story very much that that story very much mirrors this story, which they take. They usually take. Um, they don't usually take anyone at all, but they take someone who is not connected to government and sort of make a big show about how great everything is there yeah. without showing them the the horrible the, stuff that's happening right. outside the city. You the know. starving masses. Correct. And then, you know, have that person try and be sort of an ambassador mm-hmm. to, to the world. So I, I'm, I'm pretty like, I'm not, you know, the, 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 the foremost expert on North Korea, but I, I, I have kind of like an in about what's going on right now over there, which I don't, I, 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 I want to say everyone, we don't have anything to worry about from North Korea. Yeah, that's what they're, I feel like. They're sort of the, there's a movie from the 60s called The Mouse That Roared with Peter okay. Sellers. Do you know that's about I this don't. really tiny island country? And they don't know that they are a really tiny island country and they decide to declare war on America, but nobody in America knows it. Is it almost like the Dunning? Is it Dunning Kruger? Am I saying that right? Or is it Dunning? I don't know that. Uh, the I believe I'm just going to say it the Dunning Kruger effect, which evidently is this, this uh, psychological phenomenon that exists in people who are don't people who are ignorant or kind of stupid uh-huh. think they're smarter because they don't know what they don't know. Correct. And someone who is like someone who is really good at something will say like, oh, I'm, I'm not that good because they know that they're not, they, because they know everything about it, their particular right. thing so well that they know that they're not the greatest ever. It's right. Like, it's like Glenn Gould saying, well, I, I'm a pretty good you know, player. Sure. I'm, I'm all right. You know, well, in so, North Korea, the way that the citizens are treated, you know, no information comes in or goes out. Right. So what people don't really realize is that as far as they're concerned, the Korean War is still going on. We're still <laughs> at war with them. Right. And it's questionable whether even Kim Jong-un thinks that too, even though he presumably has access to outside stuff. Yeah. They don't really have a, a lot of uh, firepower. What they do have, which is scary, is they have the materials. And they, they do the, when the they uranium. Wa- yeah, they have the uranium. Uranium. They have the plutonium. They have all that stuff. And when they make these launches and things like that, which usually like everyone laughs, it's like a, a, a you know, a, a failed boner attempt. You know, <laughs> it's like, like a, 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 it's like something. It's like a weather vane falling rocket, off the top of a yeah, house. It's just like a, a, a hot dog uh, deflating. <laughs> a hot dog shooting out of a one of those um, hot dog making machines. Yeah. So, but. What a lot of people don't realize is that those are um, advertisements for Iran, Syria, mm-hmm. um, you know, people who are enemies who do want to make weapons and and, right. and destroy us. Um, so there is something to fear in that. But as far as like being under attack by North Korea, it's not really anything that's going to happen. I mean, the average height there, I think, is five four or five six or something like that because they don't they're starving like they're not yeah, they're tiny they're people not, they're um they don't have a lot of resources they it's they, like the middle ages they did like this red dawn remake where they made it north korea and it's just like it's really i mean maybe i'll eat my words i don't know if that's their that's what this podcast is all about crazy secret speaking well the the secretary of 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 um defense chuck Eagle, um you know said 
he said it publicly recently. He's, yeah, you know, he said, look, I don't... Fine. I, I, it's fine, but I don't want to be the one guy who's wrong and doesn't do yeah. anything about this, so I have to treat it seriously. Because- if I was Sam, this is what I would have said. If This would be my, my Bushism. Hey, guys, uh, there's a lot of stuff about North Korea, but um, I'll say this. Don't cancel your barbecue, okay? Right. Exactly. <laughs> You're going to have a barbecue. It's not going to rain. you got a really good forecast. Invite a, invite more people over. Yeah. You're going to be fine. Fine. <laughs> Watch, watch, you know, the, all five seasons of Go The ahead. Wire. You're going to have the time. Uh, watch Netflix House of Cards. Know that it's a pretty accurate representation of what goes on here, including Freddy's ribs, which are really good. Um, oh, Fred is real. <laughs> That's what I kept thinking when you were telling me that story about this guy running the barbecue joint. And yeah. it's like, oh, is this Freddy? Is this, is this what Freddy's ribs are based on? Well, he on? gets some shit. Like, he has the best barbecue around. He always right. wins best barbecue in Bergen County. You but know? can't clean his restaurant. Though. But he gets shit because he doesn't smoke he doesn't have a smoke house he cooks them in a different way oh, so wow. people say like oh it's not really barbecue but yeah. I can tell you it's delicious it's not, yeah it's not really barbecue he doesn't like smack it with the back of his left hand as he's like stomping in a bucket of ice water yeah like oh you have to do it the correct style the secret a, ingredient is sand the secret ingredient is sand and a mustard seed yeah. that we dig up from my grandma's corpse I t- <laughs> <laughs> we pick it out a, of a teeth. I, no, I take a swish of sweet, and I look at here, and I blow the smoke directly into <laughs> it, and then I rub it in with a cashmere sweater. That sounds, the swish of sweet thing is probably real. Yeah. I guarantee there's a guy, like, smoking cheap cigars and blowing it up like a pig's Although ass. That almost sounds spit. like a Guy Fieri thing. It's yeah. like, it's a swish of sweet roasted, yeah. garnished in a Jack Daniels sauce with a little bit of- A Mountain Dew. <laughs> Mountain Dew Romulad on he the takes side. A, he pours a two-liter Mountain Dew on the pig on a spit. Yeah. Makes the extra sweet. And filled with a Frito aioli. <laughs> Frito. Frito <laughs> aioli. Oh, shit. Yeah, but um, it's a really interesting story, and there are some definite verifiable facts, and there are some sort of like, well, it's from his point of view, not really knowing like if that happened or not. I choose to believe it. And but There's going to be a lot of great parts that will be casting. Um, James so. Gandolfini is playing Bobby Egan. Oh, nice. So we did a reading so with, with Jim and uh, Ken nice. Jeong as, as the Korean. Oh, I know, North Jim. Korean we go way back in part. the loop, man. The Jim. Yeah. Me and Jim. Hang Jim G. Drinking uh, low-alcohol beers at Sundance. That's about it. Yeah. I have a picture of him next to Brit, and he looks like a goddamn wax statue. He looks fake. I had a moment with him recently where, uh, you know, he's a, he's a very nice, gentle, um, yeah. sensitive man. I'm a nice guy. But he, uh, he, everybody to you sounds like Rudy Kazooty. What's going on? I don't know. I think Take I'm, that, Dick Tracy. I thought I can. All I said was, yeah. How about this? Here we go. Here's my James Gandolfini. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty good. It's all right. Still, still a little <laughs> okay. in the higher, but uh, we, I had a moment where we were discussing some personal things mm-hmm. about my experience with being. I mean, where I where I was, where I where the story takes place, and where I spent time right. researching, and with the people I spent time with is in New Jersey, where where all that stuff is from, where he's from. His sister actually works in the courthouse, which is right down the street mm-hmm. from the restaurant, I and mean, everybody from the courthouse eats there, and like. Every day, like Freddie's ribs, and I was telling Jim a, a story, a, a personal story about someone we both know from that area that I met that he knows, Uh-oh. and um, that he's do- that he doesn't have a favorable opinion of, and uh, he said, uh, um, "So did he tell you what happened?" And I said, "Well, he told me that uh, this happened, and that he, um, you know, got confused. He got a little confused." 
And that, uh, but then he got help and he got himself out of it. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, he got confused. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. He got confused. All right. Yeah. Only one person can say something like that. And that's someone like that. It was pretty great though. But I mean, you know, in context of like knowing that he's like, you know, not Tony Soprano, but like out of temporary moment of like, you know. Oh shit. Watching that. Well, but. um I I I was fun walking. <laughs> yeah, no. I enjoyed the I enjoyed my time on the earth walking. I don't envy I, the guy he was talking about. Let's put you know, it that way. Wheel, wheelchairs are really great these days. Yeah. There's so many advancements. Uh, stem cells, you know, I'll be fine in a year or two. No problem. No, he's a he's a sweet guy. He's a sweetheart. Yeah. He's a big old sweetie. We should probably uh, begin the wrapping up motion here. Okay. So what else uh, have we uh touched upon well we got cheap thrills coming okay, out yeah. hopefully later on this year these are the so plugs look, look out yeah no plug away. The plugs you want some pair let's give you i'll give you a backing track to do some yeah. plugs here this is the plug background here we go um all right here we have the plugs the pat healy plugs no hair plugs um later on this year yeah i hope or maybe even perhaps early next year he a, hopes a film called cheap thrills which i um star in uh, alongside uh, david keckner and ethan Embry and sarah paxton will be released theatrically by uh draft house films and snoot entertainment yeah you, you can see the films the innkeepers which johnny was talking about Netflix earlier instant on Netflix Instant, as Great well film. as uh, Compliance is also on Netflix, Netflix Instant. Instant. Both uh, pictures from the fine uh, folks at Magnolia Pictures. Oh, yeah, um, great. Great World of Sound is also a Magnolia picture, but no longer it's not on, on Netflix. It never was on Netflix Instant. No. It is on Amazon Prime if you have Which Amazon Which is even Prime. better. What you can do is go through our fucking show page and get it through Feral Audio because we get a little kickback. So do that. Yeah, so if here. you do an- Amazon yeah. Prime, is great. You get free delivery for a year it's like 70 bucks or 80 bucks or something and you get to watch all these you know mm-hmm. streaming movies a lot of which are not on netflix instant mm-hmm. great will the sound is amazing um that's a good really great movie that uh, you know most people haven't seen as much as compliance but are going back to see rescue dawn is a is a is an excellent movie that i, did with movie. Herzog. I don't Herzog. have any lines in it in the doesn't end, matter but, um, there are many, you know, pictures that you can see with me. Um, Eating with the Enemy hopefully is going to come to fruition soon for HBO films. Nice. Um, and I have some other scripts that I wrote that are in various stages of development. More on that later. And uh, Twitter. I'm on Twitter, Pat um, underscore Healy, H-E-A-L-Y. So, Tumblr. Yeah, Tumblr. Be sure to go on Twitter and call Pat Instagram. on Twitter. Yeah, please. Can, I, love, I, love, uh, I love how many times that yeah, word got used Contact uh, Contact Pat directly on Twitter and uh, be sure to let him know that he's a faggot in all his movies and yeah. he sucks. When does this go <laughs> up so I can expect that? <laughs> no one to expect yeah. that. I think people, people people get it. When they hear yeah. it, they get it. If they've made it this far, they get it. It's not a good word to use. <laughs> it's not, but it's... Uh, and if I were a gay man, it would be what they call a hate crime. It's so true. Watch but it. I feel like this. It's the only word with two G's I can use because someone's actually called it, called me that and meant it. Egghead. Egg. No one's called me an egghead, but I can. Egg I could cream. Say, um. Bad, has anyone ever said you were a bad egg? Uh, I don't think so. No. I'm just trying to prove you wrong. Prove me wrong. Yeah, I guess so. Giggler. Giggler. See, now you're thinking about it too much. You ruined a simple joke. <laughs> 
I made it a better joke. <laughs> I'm gonna play a BG song. I made a mistake, or whatever the fuck it was called. I started a <laughs> joke. joke, which started the whole world crying. Pat Healy, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me, John. It's gonna get it's a faster and as faster, and then it's gonna end. And John, thanks for your friendship too. You're welcome. Uh, we're almost there. And we're almost there. I value the friendship we've I thought your friendship too was really great. I value it more than this showbiz. I know your mind, your talent, and everything. Oh, my balls. Bye. Hey, welcome to the Twisting the Wind musical section. It's in a new place now. Is that okay? Can you still find it? Yeah, you can. It's right here. It's still part of the same podcast. What do you care? Do you care? I didn't. If you did, you emailed me and it was okay. We talked about it. Okay, I want to talk about a band now. Uh, this is an amazing band. This band is called the Television Personalities. And they are from England. You heard of that place. They're a quintessential British band. Mainly surrounded by the uh, singer-songwriter. The only, the only constant force in the band is Dan Treacy. T-R-E-A-C-Y. I always want to say it Dan Treachy, like treacle, like sweet. It's like, it's like treacle. I don't know. I just like that word treacle. It's a good word. Uh, so this band is, um, started off in, I believe, 1978. And they're, they're a very, they're a very special band. I feel like, you know, everyone knows all about that British punk of that era. Like, well, I don't have to say like, you know, Buzzcocks, Johnny Thunders, all that kind of stuff. And they love it. And it's great. I feel like this band sort of, um, is a, is a step away, a step to the side of all that stuff. It's it's punk without being like fucking punk, <laughs> without being like aggressive. Does that make sense? I think that's I think that makes sense. A bit more psychedelic, shall we say? Less speed, more. I was gonna say weed, but that would have rhymed and not been made any sense. I mean, more like taking some acid, yo. Take some acid, Joe. Uh, they have a lot of really great albums. They have two outs- two albums that I just can't get enough of. But they have a lot of more than just that. They got some Peel sessions up in there. That's how good they are, okay? They did a Peel sessions with John Peel, the producer. Legendary producer, John Peel. Uh, we're going to hear a track right now called Jack and Ori Stories. This is from their first album, their first full-length album called And Don't the Kids Just Love It. Here it is. Jack. Jack and Ori, Jack and Ori, Jack and Ori. Jack and Ori stories settle down and where they begin. Now we're up to page 19, and it looks like the Indians will win. And just like life, there's a good beginning, but there is no middle, so you may as well skip to the end. It's the same old story. Story a thousand times before. Read a book at bedtime to help you off to sleep. I find I get the same effect from fixing on reality. And just like life, there's a good beginning, but there is no middle, so you may as well skip to the end. It's the same old story. Same old story And I found a 
wish I don't. I wish I talked like that, but I don't. I'm not from London or whatever. I'm not from there. I'm not from there. Jack and Ori stories. The television personalities. That's off their first album. I don't the kids just love it. That band is, yeah. See what I'm saying? It makes sense now what I was saying. You get it. You fucking get it. Yeah, it's almost like got, got that kinks thing where it's kind of depressing, but, you know, they're they're laughing at the same time. They're making fun of it, but it's like, hey, this really sucks. We're being that Margaret Thatcherized, but I'm still going to have a laugh. Okay, another song from the same album. This is a, This is a song very special to me. What about one of my favorite books, A Picture of Dorian Gray is the name of the song, which is after the book of the same name. You probably know that. And here it is. I'll just play it for you. Why am I, why am I going to beat it? I don't need to beat it around. Here it is, a picture of Dorian Gray. When I buy my mansion, I'll invite the world to stay So everyone can see a picture of Dorian Gray So sorry I have to fade this down. God. The fucking music lawyers, man. Should we we should just be able to listen to the rest of this three minute beautiful song about a book, one of the greatest books ever written. But no, I gotta fade it down. But it's okay, you can buy it and easily buy it and enjoy it. That song is I love that song so much because it's it's such an old you know, it's an older book that's a classic and it's it's taught in schools, but like what a how do you do that? You write like a two and a half minute song that's perfectly evocative perfectly Ah, just get out of town. How did you do it? How do you do it? Oh, sorry, it's a three-minute song. Is it? Well, I don't know, whatever. It's not very long. Either way, it's not as long as the book. Great book, great song, great band. You're tuned into it. One more song here from the television personalities. This is a song from their second album called Mummy, You're Not Watching Me. This is a track called Brian's Magic Car. And this album started to get a little more trippy, yo. Started to get a little bit... How do I... Like, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore sometimes. I said that, trippy, yo. But I kind of mean it. But I kind of... You know what I mean? What's going on here? This is from 1982. Enjoy this shit, yo. Oh, 
Ooh, the ending's so good. Buy that fucking song. It's super, super good, okay? Brian's Magic Car, the television personalities, their second album. Mama, you're not watching me. That's what the second album's called. You don't have to say it that way, though. You don't have to say it like, Mama, you're not watching me. But that's how maybe we'd probably say it. So I want to read a little something here about Dan Tracy. Interesting guy, you know, like he's, the television personalities have had like 10 albums or maybe you know, like 15 albums, of very many different labels, uh, Rough Trade, Wham, and Domino, and all, this, all, all these great, great, amazing labels. And, you know, he's been around for a long time. But um, when I first heard about the television personalities, I heard about it in tandem with this story that the reason no one could get a, no one could find Dan for a while, no one knew where he was, and it turned out he was on a fucking prison barge. That's right, a prison barge. This is this is an old tradition, I guess, that sort of has come back because I don't know, um, it's maybe cheaper or easier. Who knows what the? It's some probably uh, subtly sadistic thing. He was on a prison barge, and I'll read the little clip here. That's it's a Wikipedia. This is from the Wikipedia page for HM Prison Ware. That's the name of the prisons. Ware, W E A R E. Here it is. Inmates of the HMP Ware included Dan Tracy of the UK new wave band Television Personalities, who was incarcerated from 1998 to June 2004 for shoplifting. In an interview with Metro, Tracy spoke of his time in the prison ship, stating. I've been in prison four times now for things like shoplifting to feed my drug habit. I got transferred from Brixton to what I called the good ship lollipop, uh, parentheses, floating HMP, the where. It was the best thing that could have happened. Brixton was horrendous. I was not in a cell but in a cabin and could look out on the window over the Weymouth Bay. The prison warders were pretty cool, and there were computers. I found fan websites. So there it is, a quote from Dan Tracy as he was aboard... The HMS P <laughs> prison barge in the Weymouth base. I mean, you know, it wasn't so bad, but it's still prison because uh, Dan's a drug addict. A lot of people are, huh? Am I? No, I'm not. I'm not a drug addict. Are, are you? you? Maybe you're a drug addict. I don't know. Um, either way, thank you for listening to the Twisting the Web musical section. Please. Fear God and go to Amazon through our Amazon portal and buy this music. And not just these two albums, buy more. Buy a lot more, okay? We can do it, 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 do it for me. Semester, you've had it. That's enough. I've had it down to here, up to there, and all around everywhere you've been with you and your segways. You want a segue? Go buy one and ride it up my fucking ass. My ass. You got it? You got it. You get it. You get out of town. You step on my butt until you break off a piece of it and you can chew it in your mouth like an old man ginger. Like an old man ginger. Like an old man ginger.
National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. <laughs> the NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. 
incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.